Welcome to Arkansas AgCast, your source for the latest news and views in Arkansas agriculture. Arkansas AgCast is produced by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation. This is Keith Sutton with Arkansas Farm Bureau. I'm in Newport today with Derek Hagwood, a local producer. Derek is uh, not only a soybean farmer, and he farms a lot of other crops too, but he's also a director on the United Soybean Board, uh, and he's a chairman of the U.S. Soybean Export Council. Good morning, Derek. Nice to have you here with us. Good morning, Keith. It's good to be here. We're, uh, we've been talking about this sort of perfect storm of, of things that are coming along for soybean farmers that are really big issues this year. Uh, there's a lot of things happening that are making things difficult for soybean farmers in particular to make a living this year. They, they can't get anything for their beans. And we want to talk some about that. Uh, you have a lot of experience with this. Uh, you're about to travel to D.C. again. You've been to Columbia and now the country. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on right now that's causing all these problems. And let's hopefully uh, at the end we're going to try to give folks a ray of hope too. So we want them to stick around. Don't Don't leave us because you're hearing all bad stuff. We're going to talk about some good things going on, too. So let's start. What are some of the problems, Derek, that our farmers are facing this year? So the first thing, the obvious thing, is going to be the price, the price for soybeans. We know that this is because of the simple supply and demand. We have the tariffs, uh, the trade war with China. And so soybeans last year, we're looking at, 10 plus dollars a bushel. Now we're down there in the $8 range. The bases are wider than they were last year. And uh, this, all the, the river facilities, they're full of soybeans still. They're trying to take in this year's crop and they haven't gotten rid of all of last year's crop. This, this trade war, this issue we're having with China, this government to government issue, is just now starting to to show all of the the areas that it's going to affect and this is going to get larger and larger when when you look at arkansas and the weather pattern we've had that's issue number two we're looking at people or we're looking at facilities at memphis facilities around the state not accepting soybeans at 10 percent damage and now I'm looking at, I got a text that where I'm going to deliver soybeans that they're not going to accept soybeans over 7% damage. I hate to say it, Keith, I've, I've put every one of my soybeans in the, in the grain bins right now. And that 7% may knock me out of a lot of things. I've got beans contracted that I contracted last year for delivery in January of 19. And I'm starting to sweat. I'm starting to I'm starting to feel the pain. I, I, I've got a good price on a lot of them, but I still got need to sell 40% of my crop, 
and it's going to be in that eight dollar range hopefully hopefully it doesn't go lower than that and we're seeing some farmers who are experiencing damage even higher than what you are because of the weather because of having to leave things in the field so long is that right that's right we're i'm i've heard here just locally in newport people over 35 percent damage and so when you look at the the schedule, the percentage of dock on that, that's over $3. I'm hearing over three fifty a bushel on dock. So we've heard of this $12 billion package that, that the administration has, has released. And uh, we hear this $1.65 a bushel on soybeans. And that gives us a lot of hope. But if you take 25% price reduction from last year, and then percentage in your dock, and you get half of that dollar sixty-five. We're looking at you're going to have to make a hundred bushels to the acre of soybeans across the board to pay out. Especially where, where a lot of Arkansas are irrigated crops, so we self-insure with all the money we've invested in land leveling, in putting down irrigation pumps and underground pipe and things like that, so we can year to year have a dependable, sustainable, uh, high-quality crop. This year, the weather got us. We spent a fortune growing it. We, uh, we've we had uh, several of our fields that had 1.2 inches of rain all year. So we put the money in it. Then the weather got us in the fall. And the damage is showing up. We're, we've got them in grain bins right now trying to figure out what we're going to do with these soybeans. So for the farmers who are listening to this and they're about to cry because they're in the same situation. We're seeing this all throughout the Delta for sure and probably other parts of the state as well. What's the bright light on the horizon? What what can they do that will help them as much as possible in coming weeks? So when you look at this trade war, back to that, globally, we consume a million metric tons of soybeans a day. This year, we are the the world, the soy production globally should produce 379 million metric tons is what we're looking at. So that's not a huge amount of carryover. What we're trying to do, what we're trying to do at USEC, we have gone through an in-depth plan. We've we've been we've started working on this years ago. When we saw that China was this huge, huge market and we're selling 50% of our soy to China, we look at what do we need, what do we need to focus on in case there is an issue? So we went through this program, uh, an evaluation of uh, where different markets could be, what could we do to develop these different markets. And so, uh, we came, up, we came up with this plan and looked at uh, uh, places like Pakistan, places like Egypt, Bangladesh. And when I say these countries, people just kind of scratch their head and they think, Bangladesh. Well, Bangladesh has su- surpassed Russia in population. We're talking about a huge nation. And they uh, use a lot of soybean meal feeding their aquaculture. So... What we want to do is look at these emerging markets that are coming uh, down the pipeline. You look at Egypt, where they were importing 
uh, uh, several hundred thousand metric tons a year. Now they're over two million metric tons. So the trade war go it, with the tariffs get slapped on all these products back and forth with U.S. and China. And so we start a different initiative. It's the what it takes. So we have to have a large population to sell to. They have to be able to handle it. They have to be able to pay for it. And so that eliminates a lot of customers. Uh, when we talk about places like Nigeria, Lagos, Nigeria, it's one of the fastest growing populations in the world. When we talk about the, uh, the Asia subcontinent and these places that have these huge population booms, we're talking about Southeast Asia, we're talking about 78 million people a year added to the population. It's huge. So what we wanna do is dive deeper and say, this country needs US soy and soy meal or soy oil. What do we do to make this work? We talked about that $12 billion package. In that $12 billion package that the administration has issued, there's 200 million set aside for development of ports, uh, development of trade uh, market access lines that we could get into different countries. Maybe we can take that money, spend it on uh, how do we develop a steady supply with India. I spent two weeks in India last year and the population is significant. Some say that it's greater than China now. Things don't move like they do in China and India. But that's a market that we can't ignore. We're talking over a billion people. So, do they have the money to buy soybeans? Yes. Our research shows yes, they do. They consume all of the soy that they grow. And we have at USEC have been working on this technique. It's like a reverse marketing where we've taught them how to uh, use their soy to feed poultry, to feed aquaculture, and they're consuming all their soy. So now in that process, Bangladesh opens up that I, we're talking about Bangladesh, Sri Lanka buying 100% U.S. soy, Pakistan. Their numbers increase year after year after year buying U.S. soy because India's population is so large and they're consuming all of their soy. At some point, they're going to have to import soy. We want to be that that customer that steps up and says, yes, we will sell you the soy. We're a sustainable product and we're dependable. We're reliable. And hey, guys, look here. It's on sale right now. Number one. <laughs> your number one soy grower in the world, they're on sale. We're, I just hope that it's not a going out of business sale. I hope this is just a law. in the. But you have seen some success. I know you mentioned Egypt, for example. They're, they're really importing a lot more of our soy than they were. And you're also seeing some success in South America, am I right? I know Argentina, for example, they're importing more soy. Those offset some of that that's not going to China. Correct? Absolutely. So uh, I, in July, I was in, in Colombia, which Colombia is the number four soy meal customer that the U.S. has. And there, there's issues in Venezuela. There's a huge amount of immigration coming into Colombia. Their population is growing. They have uh, in Barranquilla, they have a great river system there on the, that runs into the ocean where they can move grain in and out easily. They can process it there. And so 
we don't want to lose sight of these customers that we have. And what we want to do is Columbia is a great, great U.S. soy buyer. What can we do to increase there? What can we do to increase in Egypt, in Bangladesh, in Pakistan, in India, in Sri Lanka, Indonesia, the Philippines, all these places, we want to increase our efforts there. And in, we're hoping maybe in this ATP package, this ag trade promotion package that's in the 12 billion, that we can go in and say, uh, Mumbai, India, they may need some investments with U.S. dollars, with uh, you know soybean farmer research, with with the checkoff and and the money that goes to the export council. What can we do to make them more easily buy U.S. soy? Do we need to go over there and and teach them more about uh, how to formulate a a better poultry uh, feed? Do we need to show them more about sustainable aquaculture production as their as their income rises their demand for protein rises and we've seen that all across the globe we can talk about that just look at china and so the rest of the world as population grows as incomes grow so do their demand for protein and we want to be the provider of that protein almost exclusively for animal feed, but for other things. In, in Indonesia and the Philippines, they, they do consume a lot of soybean uh, for and human consumption. So USEC, the Soybean Export Council, is taking on a huge job in trying to make a lot of this happening. You're the chairman now, right, from right here in Newport, Arkansas. It's got to be a monumental job trying to look ahead uh, when this year everything's so tough. Uh, so what do you say to those farmers out there who are, right now they're worried about this year, but you're hoping through USEC, the Soybean Export Council, to make some changes that'll help in the future. So so what's the bottom line to, to farmers that you want to say today about all this? Back to the start, when, when I said... 379 million metric tons and our consumption is a million metric tons a day. These soybeans are going to have to go somewhere. The 379 million metric tons of production and the 365 million metric tons consumption, that's not, that's, that's a very, very small amount of stocks. What, what we have to do with your checkoff dollars, go into the United Soybean Board. Some of that money goes into this Export Council. Uh, the Export Council also has members, industry members from all over the U.S., uh, in exporter class, allied class. All this money is coming together, and I, just, I want the farmers to know that's our number one focus. You have someone here from Arkansas that feels it. We are we are feeling the pain and I promise that I will diligently work. Uh, taking time away from my family, my farm, things like that to, to go, to do, to be there, to see what we need to do, to talk with uh, administration at FAS, to, to see uh, globally where can we invest this money to not just to get the ball. Let's, I want to move the needle, Keith. When I leave this position, 
I want I want the needle to move. I want I want this because I've got two boys here. I'm raising. I'm, I want if they want to go into agriculture. I hope that the things I'm doing today, the sacrifices that I'm making, the sacrifices that these Arkansas soybean farmers are making, they're paying into this check off year after year after year. I want them to see the benefit. I pay into that check off. I want to be, I want to have a hand in that. I want to, I want to, to make sure that we're developing markets, that we're doing the research that we need to do, not only for production, but for promotion of, of U.S. soy. So that's, that's my focus right now. Well, uh, this is a very complicated issue. We could talk a lot more about it. Hopefully we can do that again in the future. And maybe we'll be talking about you moving that needle. We're all appreciative of what you do and USEC does and the checkoff does. And uh, thank you for taking time out of your schedule today to talk with us. You bet. Thank you, Keith.